If you could support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Welcome back to another episode of the Kerry Football Podcast. Very happy again to be joined by former Kerry footballer Sean O'Sullivan. Sean, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Good, Adam. Yeah, nice long weekend. Weather was good again, thank God. Um, these long weekends seem to be coming at us uh, left, right and centre at the moment. We have another one coming up in June, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, nice kids off school on the Monday. So, yeah, it was beautiful back here in Cremont. So, I was able to get out and about. And uh, obviously, we had another round of the County League on Sunday, which took up a lot of our day. We were away up in Belly Duff, which is a long old trip for us, you know. Um, but thankfully, we got a win out there. And um, so, it made the journey home that bit shorter. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, all, all systems go at them, yeah, but uh, nice to have that break again on the Monday and uh, back into the swing of things again now. Good stuff. Listen, uh, lots to get through this week, so we'll jump straight into it. Um, some interesting results last week in the Ulster Championship and the Leinster Championship, I suppose. A lot of the, the games kind of went to plan, I suppose, but just looking at the results there, Derry beat Monaghan in the semi-final of Ulster, 121-210. to uh, and the other semi-final, Armagh beat down by 10 points, 4-10 to 12. In Leinster then, Offaly uh, and Loud played out an exciting enough match. That game went to extra time. Loud won 27 points to 2-15. And then we had Dublin and Kildare uh, on Sunday as well. Dublin got out of jail, kind of won by 2 points, 14-12. Um, I don't know, did you catch the some of the Ulster, the Ulster football, uh, the Derry and um, Manahan game? Derry are looking like they might be dangerous enough this year yeah I think Derry the more I see of them Adam you know you have to look they would have been in the conversation anyway from their performances last year but definitely from watching them this year you have to say they're they're right in the mix as all Ireland contenders um, I suppose the question mark hanging over them last year was could Rory Gallagher you know mix this defensive approach with you know um the attacking side of the game and getting enough scores to win games and win big games and look, okay, we have to take into account they they beat a fairly ordinary Fermanagh team in the first round of the championship in, in Ulster. Um, but look, they came up against the Monaghan side who would have been confident after their great win against Tyrone. And I mean, they just they just had no problem there either, swishing them aside, really. Um, you know, they're... they're they're able to now mix it with both. They're able to be really, really solid at the back, play that defensive system, have their men back there, cutting out the space into dangerous forwards like McManus and McCarron and these guys. And then they're able to break. And up the other end, they've, they've, they're finding a real, real good mix of, of guys who can get scores, the McGuigans, the Cassidys, um, these guys. Uh, Mac Fall now was back in the frame again after his injury worries. So, yeah, they're they're dangerous. And they're really dangerous. And, uh, you know, they're going into an Ulster final against Armagh. You know, people are saying it's going to be tight. And, it, it yeah, it probably will. But I just see Armagh are going to have to play very, very well to beat this Derry side. Yeah, Armagh, I suppose, are kind of a bit of a, an anomaly this year, kind of an enigma, I think, at the start of the year. Probably the less said about it, the better. But myself and Barry John picked our match to, to win the league at the start of the year. That went haywire for us anyway. And by the way, we never congratulated you on picking Mayo to, <laughs> to win Division 1. Just I was to... waiting for that, Adam. I was waiting for that. Thank Barry, you. I had it in I'm my just, diary. I'm just, just disappointed Barry John isn't here now to, to, to give you my congrats <laughs> as well. But anyway, I get yeah. you another time. Yeah, well, we don't know. Maybe our man might come good. But it's not really looking like it is at the moment. They haven't really beaten like any really... They haven't put any mass performance in so far. We'll put it that way. 
Never tell him, but like it's you're right, like you hit the nail on the head there. Like, what are mad team did we see during the league? And maybe McGinney's trying to fool us all because we we were giving out after every game that our mad played. God, where, where's this our mad team from last year's championship? The team that excited us and brought this really, really great attacking style, you know, the, the great um quarter final they played against Galway above Pro Park to win to extra time. Jeez, we were thinking. My God, our man, football is really, really back here and couldn't wait to see them this year. Their league performances were dour. They were boring, um, very defensive. I mean, ultra defensive. We saw them in Tralee against Kerry. Really, really poor stuff. And OK, yes, you can say, right, they've they've beaten Cavan and they've beaten down, you know, two teams who probably, you know, they're both in the Talton Cup, which is probably their level at the moment. But I think... Armagh will be really, really happy with the way they've thrown off the shackles a little bit, you know, and they've showed us that attacking side that they have. Reno Neal is back in the frame. Turbot is playing great stuff inside. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now, now how they approach the Ulster final. Of course, they're going to have to maybe change that tack a little bit again because they're going to be up against a really, really good Derry team. But I'd be hoping that, you know... They wouldn't stray too far away from what we've seen in their last two games, particularly up in the final, in their attacking third. I mean, usually the Ulster Championship is a real, real tight affair, but I think for all the provinces so far, the scorelines have been really, really um, surprising. They've been big, big scores, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's one uh, provincial final that will be on the weekend after next uh, Derry against Armagh. Moving on to Leinster, uh, Loud had that extra time win over Affile. It's remarkable what Mickey Mickey Hart's done with them in a relatively short period of time to be getting to Leinster finals and you know challenging Division Two of the National League. Yeah, it, but then you step back and you know the guy and the man who he is, and then you go, "Is it that remarkable?" Do you know what I mean? When yeah, he did yeah. that job, you know, uh, did, did did okay? Did people foresee it happening over such a short period of time? The progress he's made, but. It doesn't surprise you one bit. Mickey Hart is just that type of man. He's that type of character where he gets the buy-in from everyone. And I'm not just talking players here, Adam. I'm talking supporters, county board. You know, he nearly, I suppose, in that way, where back in the, the 90s in the Premier League, Newcastle was everybody's second favourite team. You know, everyone keeps an eye out now for the low results because of Mickey Hart. He just has that infectious um, create about him. Um, and... He's done unbelievable work there. Lucky enough on 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 uh, on Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, because there was a few times where Loud wrote the gap, and and you thought Offaly were dead in the water and finished, and and Offaly still plugged away even an extra time where Loud were five points up at half time, in extra time, and you thought, okay, well that's it now they've done. Loud came back with another goal, and they just are sorry, Offaly came back with another goal, and they just didn't want to go away. So great, great outing for Loud, great test for them. Um, obviously, look, they're going to have a big, big test in the in the Leinster final against Dublin. But they know going into that now that they're safely into the the group stages, the All Ireland series could possibly end up in our group um, with Kerry. And uh, and what a story that would be for Mickey Hart going up against Kerry again and Jack O'Connor. Yeah, absolutely. The other semi final, Dublin got over the line against Kildare. I was actually at this one myself. Um, I'm up in Dublin a good bit at the moment. My my uh, my girlfriend's living around the corner from Croke Park, so I've been in nice Croke Park. I've been in Croke Park more than the Dubs this year, I'd say. But um, it was good to go up and just have a, have a look at them. From it's my first time in Croke Park in a long time. Not we'll say covering a match, so it was nice to go into the crowd and uh, 
there was a few Kildare boys around me getting excited. Do you know, they, they thought yeah. that things were going their way, like which they were for, for a long time. But Jesus, Dublin were, were were very ordinary. I thought for for a big part of that match, they they're kicking at times like they dropped a few short that you just never see Dublin taking on those shots, or you never see them missing that badly. They're always so calculated in the way they go about their attack, and you just felt that. Jesus, this isn't going their way at all. You know, they, they weren't putting up the score that you'd normally expect them to put up. Um, Kildare had such a good opportunity. And I don't know, that was I ever fully confident of, of Kildare getting over the line, even though they led maybe going to the final quarter. But you just felt when when Dublin equalised that time, like in, in the final quarter, it was a case of like, you could feel the whole stadium kind of shifted. The dub started getting a bit more, all right, we're back. And the Kildare fans started going, look, same story again, you know, that this yeah. is Dublin coming in a wave. But I'll tell you, if Kildare didn't, we talk about Dublin shot selection and their shot execution. Kildare had had three really bad, and Ben McCormick will will, will have nightmares about that match. He, he got taken off, but he had three wild enough shots, you know, when Kildare probably just needed to hold on to the ball and, and work a better opportunity, win a free. He dropped three of them short and... I think Dublin went up and scored at least from one of them, but either way, it's just a big momentum shift there. And geez, like it just was, it was, it was as good an opportunity as you're going to get to win a Leinster Championship, you know, with Dublin yeah. around. For me, what it screamed of Adam was uh, Lynn Ryan came with a very, very good game plan. Kildare came with a good game plan. They frustrated Dublin. Absolutely. We saw the ordinary side to Dublin, which is there, you know, it is there. We saw it last year during the league. We saw it at times this year. Um, and it must, I think basically what happened to there was they got to the stage of the game where the game plan was working, but they felt now, wh- where do we go from here? You know what I mean? And they yeah. just didn't have the kind of, they haven't been in that position enough times against Dublin over the last five, 10 years to be able to see out the game and finish it out and have those those clutch players that make the right decisions at the right times. You mentioned McCormick taking wild shots on. Whereas when Dublin, you know, were in the opposite side, they were under pressure, you know, going down the the, the last quarter, they were chasing the game. They had the experience to capitalize on that Kildare nervousness and that Kildare, those Kildare mistakes. And they worked the ball calmly and surely up the other end and got their scores in when they needed them to push them out into the lead and finally get over the line. So it just goes to show you, I suppose, the game plan works great, but maybe Kildare found themselves in a position where they might have thought they were going to be in going down the stretch and maybe hadn't worked on what they were going to do or didn't have the type of experience that Dublin have had in that similar situation. So... I think Kildare can be happy with their performance. Uh, they had a great opportunity to beat Dublin and Croke Park and get to a Leinster final. But look, uh, Glenn Ryan will probably see it as progress. Um, the dubs grow through and you think they probably will have too much for Loud. But look, Loud will, Mickey Hart will look at Glenn Ryan's blueprint and take something from it and see can his side frustrate Dublin as well and see what they get out of it. Glenn Ryan had some interesting thoughts to share after the match. I'm sure you heard what he said, but I'll just read it out there for, for people who might not have uh, have heard what he said. Um, he said, it sounds like sour grapes, but I know I'm reflecting the views of most teams around the country that everything is laid out here for Dublin. Number one, from a familiarity perspective, from a games perspective, and you know everything else seems to go their way as well. So we'll play anywhere, but you want to play anywhere when it's fair. And there wasn't anything glaring, nothing glaring. There were calls went either way. But when you look at stuff that goes on on the sideline and the dressing rooms and all that, it's all wrapped up in it. 
we don't often see managers saying that explicitly, although he probably is right in saying that it's a commonly held view around the country. I don't think you'd hear Jack O'Connor saying it if you, as a carry manager or anything like that, but obviously he's a bit probably upset about the way the game panned out. And do you think he was right in what he said or was he right to say it? Yeah, I think I think he speaks for, you know, I think he speaks for the majority of the country, Adam. Let's 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 not hold back here. Um, and it's just it's it's wrong, it's wrong. And I mean, you, yeah, okay, let's take that into account. Lynn Ryan was speaking after the game in which his side had thrown away a massive opportunity, you know, and he was probably feeling that as well underneath. Maybe if it, the game had passed on a couple of hours and he had a chance to reflect and relax, that mightn't have came out, but it came out in the heat of the moment. But listen. Some things, sometimes the truth comes out in the heat of the moment. And I, I, I felt he, he spoke for the whole of the country uh, when he said that. Roll it on now to the All-Ireland Series, Adam, and it gets even worse when you think about it, right? Because, say, Dublin win against Louth in the Leinster final, and they go into their group uh, series. So they're going to have one game at home, which I presume is Croke Park. Is, is Croke Park labelled as Dublin's home venue? It'll have to be on in Croke Park. Right. Okay. And they're also going to get a game at their neutral venue, which is going to be Croke Park. So two games for Dublin in Croke Park during the All-Ireland series. Look, it's it's not right. It's not right. And, um, you know, this just goes on and on and on every year. You know, who's turning the blind eye to it? Is the Linster Council? Is it the GA? Are the rest of us not kicking up enough stink about it and Dublin are getting a free pass? Would it be a good thing for Dublin to turn around and say, listen, yes, we 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 don't agree with it. We'll we'll play wherever we're we're told to play. Or maybe there is an opportunity for us to come out of Croke Park for for our home game at least. You know, the neutral venue. Fair enough. Everyone wants to have a ch- chance to play in Croke Park. I presume if if Dublin do beat Loud, don't we have Loud at a neutral venue? And I presume that'll be Croke Park under under a double header or something along those lines. I'm thinking. Um which is great for Kerry people and the Kerry team to get a, a game in Croke Park. But to have your, you know, your all your Leinster games, like they're going to play another Leinster final now in Croke Park, which is fine. You know, it's the, it's the big venue up there for that. But to have your semi-final, your quarter-final, your, your, um, your, your, go- sorry, well, they played, sorry, they played their first game in Portlaoise. I take that back. Um, but you, you go now into their All-Ireland series and they're going to have two of their three games in Croke Park as well. I mean, something doesn't add up there and it needs to be addressed, definitely. Yeah, it, it's. It, I think it would be great if Dublin did step up and say that, okay, look, we, we appreciate that that this maybe isn't the right way of doing things. And if they did that, it, I don't know, is that realistic? Like, is Desi Farrell going to go down that line? But like, like, sure, like, Parnell Park isn't going to be a disadvantage to Dublin, you'd imagine. Like, you know what I mean? Sure, they're still probably used to playing it more than, than any other county. So I suppose... What we're expecting from the GAA is to prioritize the fairness of the competition over over money. Like you know, that's what it comes down to. They think they'll make more money in Crow Park, so it's just um, maybe that's not realistic. But it, it, like, I had this conversation with someone recently, and they said, "Look, it's all about money." But I mean, ultimately, the GAA isn't set up to make money. Like that's not why county boards are there. It's not why the administrators are there. Or why? HQ are there in Crow Park. They're there to run off competitions. The reason that these people exist or pe- these roads exist by and large is to run off games, you know, and to look after teams in that sense. So, like, the priority should be should be the fairness of the competition. It shouldn't be about, about making money. 
Yeah, yeah, and Ed, and I agree. And and the reason I had my head down there, I was just on my phone there because I wanted to go back onto your Twitter thread from earlier today when you put up all the groups. And actually, another one that cropped up today was so the group three is potentially Dublin's group, right? So they'll be the Leinster champions. Um, they they'll have the Connacht runners up. They have Ross Common and they've Kildare. And am I right in saying that Kildare's home venue is being redeveloped at the moment? That's right. So yeah. potentially, potentially, Kildare, um, Kildare mightn't have a venue, and it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that somebody suggests Croke Park. Please, I'd say I'd like to see Glenn, Glenn Ryan's face if someone suggested that. Well, there's enough stuff being thrown at Dublin, in fairness, Adam, over the last five, ten years about funding and the amount of games developments, uh, game development officers they have in the county and the population, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it might be an opportunity for Dublin to maybe step back and say, well, maybe we can come out of this looking some way, you know, better uh, by us suggesting that we 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 help out and we get out of Croke Park for some of our games. But again, that's not down to Desi Farrell or the players here. That's That's much bigger than them, you know. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Um, Glenn Ryan would have some thoughts on that as well, I'm sure. Uh, whether or not he'll share them again over the course of the season, we'll see. But um, speaking of fellas going off on a bit of a rant, uh, our friend Joe Brally had a few choice words to to say, um, as he usually does. No, like I'm going to preface this by saying, like I know a lot of people don't particularly like Joe Brally, especially in Kerry uh, over things he's said in the past. I actually, there's a lot that he says that I'd agree with. Do you know what I mean? Like in like. I think he's sensible on a lot of topics, but he was speaking over the weekend in his column about the Sunday game and about RTE's coverage uh, of the GAA. Um, I'll just read out an excerpt, and he tweeted this part himself, so it's not like he was hiding it. He tweeted this quote himself when he shared the article. He said, um, as Eamon, meaning Amphis Morris, as Eamon was droning on, a friend of mine texted, fuck me, Brally, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he started into a decade of the rosary. Um, so, I think there is a, probably a conversation to be had about the Sunday game and about GAs, the GA coverage and RT. Like, there's always room for improvement in, it, in anything. But, um, like, to go after him, Fitzmaurice, is, is a bit of a strange one. Like, when I think, like, pretty universally, he's considered to be really, like, the best co-commentator around and a guy who's very insightful. I know you you obviously know him and him quite well. Um. I was going to say, were you surprised at Joe Bradley? But I, I don't know if you can be surprised at anything Joe Bradley says. But what did you make of it all? I thought it was out of order, to be honest with you, Adam. And and look, I I have no problem in saying I, Joe Bradley is the marmite really of 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 current topics and whatever you know. He's in he's in the limelight a lot, um, and you either like him or you don't. As simple as that. I fall somewhere in between. I am a regular listener to his new podcast, his Free State podcast that he does with Dion Fenning. I find it very entertaining, very good. Um, his his latest one is actually very funny in where he speaks a lot about Joe Biden's visit to this, to Ireland and also about a recent uh, interaction he had with a priest on O'Connell Street. And you'd have to listen to it. But the priest uh, has some choice language to say about Joe Brawley as he's passing him on the street. So Joe was well used to, to knowing, you know, what people's take on him is you know but for me there has to be boundaries and there has to be lines and uh you know to go after Eamon like that is just wrong and 
you know, no, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and uh, that's fine. But I mean, you know, Eamon Fitzmaurice, since he retired or since he uh, walked away from Kerry as their manager and went straight into punditry, which he was doing beforehand anyway, because he was a regular writer um, and a fantastic writer with the Irish Examiner, which he's now back doing again. His uh, his analysis on RT for the for the for the Sunday game is is second to none as far as I'm concerned, and that's just not me now talking about an ex teammate. Um, his stuff is is really really good. Um, it's delivered in Eamon's own particular way. It's his it's his voice. It's the way he speaks. It's uh, he was never a man that got excited, um, but he was always able to deliver his message quite clearly and to the point. And his analysis is exactly the same. Um, so that's just the way he he puts it across. If that's not to your liking, well, tough, you know, turn off the sound. Do you know what I mean? But to come out and 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 splurge that across the pages of the Irish Independent and then to tweet it, you know, I I, I think that's wrong. But unfortunately, it's. It's what Joe does, and uh, you know it. It it gets him clicks and readers, and um, he'll move on. And I'm sure if he met Eamon Fitzmaurice in Croke Park next weekend or wherever down in Limerick at the Kerry Clare match, he'd he'd make a you know a joke out of it. Um, I'm sure Eamon is not losing any sleep over it either. To be quite honest with you, Eamon is continues to do a good job, and uh, I I any time I hear Eamon is the co-commentator on a game. I make sure to tune in because you know what? You're going to get the best analysis on it. You're going to pick up things from him that you're not going to see on TV. And that's what a co-com analysis is all about. Um, so listen, I, I don't think uh, Eamon will be, as I say, losing any sleep over it. He'll move on fairly quickly. Yeah, like his analysis is just, and you hear from every, people in every county. And I know we're, we're talking here as to carry him in and you, you know him personally, but like, that doesn't really enter into it. Do you know what I mean? If it was a fella from a different county, I'd be saying the same thing because like, as someone to say personally, I've never been in the, in the county dressing room. I don't know what, you know, coaches are telling their players specifically. So for, to have that insight into, you know, a fella who's managed at the top level very recently to see the game through his eyes, sure, like you learn something every five minutes with him. Like, it's just yeah. like, of all, the, of all the things to criticize about, RT in the Sunday game, and it, it does appear that Joe Bradley still has a chip in his shoulder about RT over, over the way that he he was um he was let go. But like, I don't know. Like you pick your battles, but I think with Joe, it does seem that, and maybe we're more sensitive to it because we're from Kerry. But he does like to have the old pop at Kerry, and I think he does it intentionally, knowing that we're going to react to it, and that Kerry supporters are very passionate about their footballers, and they're very passionate about defending people from their own county so if he says something about Kieran Donny which he's done in the past if he says something about James Adonahu which he's said in the past he knows Gucci. full well and Gucci and Gucci yeah. he, know, he knows yeah. full well that he's going he's going to get a big reaction whereas if he yeah. says the same thing about someone from a different county maybe he won't sure aren't we here talking about him do you know what I mean that you know we're taking up airtime here which is fine we're having a good chat just shooting the breeze but I mean just flip that around I think the, the, the next best are, are maybe up there with him. And for me, in terms of the analysis of the game, um, both when he's on TV and when he's writing about it, is Jim McGuinness. Jim McGuinness doesn't deliver his analysis on TV in any brilliant, sparkling, exciting way. He's actually very monotone, similar enough to the way Eamon puts his points across. 
you know, did I see Joe having a cut at him or or, or anyone having a cut at him? No. So I think it's I think it's 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 it was it was it was something that's just, you know, Joe ran with, you know, what did this friend even text it? Sure, who knows? But uh, anyway, we're here talking about it. People have clicked on it. They're they're talking about it. And sure, Joe is happy. But as I say, we, we move on and uh, best look to him and the rest of the year and his his analysis. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So look, uh, moving back to the the actual football itself, uh, I speak to you know on Tuesday Tuesday evening the draw for the group phase was was on today. Um, I wouldn't call myself psychic or anything, but I, I was making up a graphic this morning to kind of share as soon as the draw was made. So I said I just for the sake of having the template there, I filled it out and I happened to fill it out as it came out. So I have put in the Monster Champions, the Leinster runners up. Mayo and Cork. I don't know. Was it kind of wishful thinking that I I, I would have liked to have Mayo and I would have liked to probably have Cork as well. So, but that's how it turned out. If Kerry win, um, win Munster, and I've said the word if probably a thousand times in the last two weeks talking about this match. In case someone um, because I think a few weeks ago I was talking about this match and kind of implied that Cork might be the only team in in Munster who were able to beat Kerry and. Couple of Clare lads didn't take too kindly to that, so I have to keep saying if, if, if. But look, of course, Clare can can turn up in the day and, and do anything. So we'll talk about that in a while. But just running through the groups, um, so Group One is the Monster Champions, which we, we all hope will be Kerry, the Leinster runners up, Mayo and Cork. Uh, group Two, the Connacht Champions, so that's Galway or Sligo against the Ulster runners up, so that's the losers of uh, Derry and Armagh. Uh, Tyrone then are in that group as well, along with Westmead. Group three, the Leinster champions. So you'd be probably guessing Dublin, but they'll be playing against Loud. Uh, the Connacht runners up are in that group. So the losers of, of Galway and Sligo. Ross Common are in that group and Kildare are in that group. So as you said, there's a possibility there of a Kildare versus Dublin rematch. And then group four, uh, which is a group that Kerry could end up in if, if they lose to Clare this weekend. The Ulster champions, uh, the Munster runners up and Monaghan and Donegal. So uh, we spoke a couple of weeks back about, um, you know, knowing the group beforehand. Kerry will know that if they beat Clare, they're going to get Mayo at home in their first group match, which I think is, is a big, uh, a fairly sizable carrot to, to be putting out in front of them. If they lose to Clare, like, that's a tough looking group as well. But first of all, your first, uh, what's your first reaction looking at that group? Kerry hopefully winning uh, through as Munster champions against the Leinster's runners up, the Leinster runners up, uh, Mayo and Cork. What's your initial reaction to that draw, Sean? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's a very competitive group for for Kerry, um, uh, Adam. To be honest with you, um, so when I first heard it, I, I was quite, oh, you're, you're not going to be happy because obviously you've got three difficult assignments. But what I would say is that. Okay, if Kerry could get over Clare, which we which we would expect them to do um, on Sunday in Limerick, um, their first game will be Mayo at home in Killarney. Isn't that, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's the way it's falling. What a great test. What a fantastic test to come out of your Munster Championship and you're facing against the league champions who, yes, okay, they bowed out early doors in, in their own province uh, against Roscommon, but they had a fantastic league and beat us well above in Castle Bar. So and, and a team that are fancied to to go off a long way in the All Ireland series, you know. Um, so I think that's a fantastic first game to get. Uh, then their next game would be Cork away. Am I right? Yeah. Um, 
And okay, yes, Cork football is probably not where they want it to be, but it's away. It's above, above and Parky Creeve. Um, you know, Cork and Kerry. Cork will never give Kerry anything easy. And that's just another real good game for Kerry to, to, to have to prime themselves for and be ready for. And depending on how the Mayo game goes, it, it might be an important one for Kerry to, to, to have to win. You know, so there'd be a, bit, a little bit of pressure on that as well going up the road to Cork. And then your last game would be against either Dublin or Loud. Let's say it's Loud because you would fancy Dublin to beat Loud in the Leinster final. And I presume, as I said earlier, that that Loud game is a neutral venue. So are they going to find somewhere neutral for it? Or do they look in those last, that neutral game possibly being as part of a double header in Crook Park? I don't know, Adam. I don't know what way that, that works. Um, but you'll be up, coming up against Mickey Hart. You'll be coming up, up against Loud. Obviously, look, it, it might mean anything or it might have the whole group riding on it. We don't know. So I think you're 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 up against three potentially decent, decent challenges there. Um, getting Mayo at home is a real fantastic one, you know. I think the last time Mayo were down in a real uh, competitive outing was the Super 8s um, in Killarney, a really hot day inside in Killarney, a fantastic occasion. Kerry played some super football that day, uh, a fantastic first half, I remember. Um, so look, it's it's I, I, when I heard the group, I thought, you know what? Yes, are there games there that Kerry will be expected to win and fancy themselves to win, of course, but there's also re some real good tests in it, and that's what you want. And... Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, of course, Kerry have an assignment to get over first on Sunday before we can really look forward to it. And we'll have to wait until the following weekend to see who comes out of Leinster. But um, I, I, I would expect Kerry to, to, to be really, really primed by the time they come out of that group, uh, whoever it may be. But the big one, really, the, the one to look forward to is, is Mayo at home. Cork away will be a good one as well, but Mayo at home is the standout one, yeah. I think, to be honest, it's not far off being nearly the perfect mix of a group like you have the, the the really tough game in Mayo at home obviously from a spectacle point of view and being a Killarney man that's going to be like that that was the dream tie really that everyone was hoping for um you know whether or not Kerry will win the match is another matter but just in terms of spectacle yeah to have Mayo like they have the best supporters in the country practically you know coming down to Killarney hopefully on a warm a warm summer's day like it's the dream you mentioned the Super Race a couple of years ago that was probably the best the best occasion that's been in Killarney for a long time, you know, back going back to maybe some of the better Cork Kerry Munster finals, like, but that was that was going back a few years now. But um, then Cork, like, like Cork could be dangerous, you know, it's not like it's definitely not an easy game, you know, Cork could be dangerous at home, and then you'd be expecting load. I suppose there's a bit of novelty about it. Kerry probably haven't played load in the championship. She's, I, I don't know, I don't know when that might have been the last time they played against load championship. You're going back a long time, probably, if it ever happened. Um, so there, there, there could have been tougher tests probably on paper. Um, assuming Kerry get through to that group, but it's I think it, like my, my initial reaction was that that's that's nice. Like it, it is a nice mix. Um, so let's look at the Clare game. Seeing as we're speaking about it, uh, we didn't chat last week, but the debate at the time was around the venue and where it was going to be played. Um, obviously Clare put in a kind of a, a late bid to switch the game to Cusick Park in Ennis. Um, people in Kerry, like some supporters I was talking or I was talking to, kind of said that they'd be happy enough for it to have been played in Ennis because it would have been a, a tougher test and maybe a bit of a novelty factor as well 
in the end, the Munster Council decided that that it was going to stay in Limerick as it as you know Kerry Clare finals had been played there for for a long time. What was your take on it? Would you have been happy enough to go up to, to go up to Ennis for that match? No, I don't think so, Adam. I I, I think Kerry. I, look, I don't know what transpired. Clear uh, Clear requested it, and did Kerry just say no, or was it the Munster Council said no? I, I I'm not hundred percent sure, but what why why would Kerry? You know, at the end of the day, Kerry want to win the Munster Championship. They want to win a trophy. Why would they give Clare any bit of advantage at all? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, Kerry, Kerry have been involved in a few things over the last few years where they might might have, you know, leaned for people, and it came back to bite them in the arse. You know, the big one being the COVID situation against Tyrone. You know, Kerry were very obliging in putting the game off and putting it off, and look what happened. Do you know what I mean? So I think we have to be a little bit, I won't use the word meaner, but we have to, let's, you know, let's let's look after our own house as well. You know, uh, we can't be obliging to everybody. So with the greatest respect to Clare, you know, if they feel that they have a chance of beating Kerry, what's the difference between doing it in Innes and doing it in Limerick, you know? Um, so I, I felt Kerry were perfectly within their rights to, if it was... Kerry that made the decision. I don't think it was. I think the Munster Council stepped in, to be quite honest with you. Um, so look, the venue is Limerick and, and and let's go and 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 play the game. So I, I was quite happy to to see the, the venue being kept as the Gaelic Crowns, to be honest. Yeah, the impression I got was that Clare probably approached Kerry, hoping that Kerry would go to the Munster Council with Clare and say, let's, yeah. let's, let's, you know, let's do it. But um I don't obviously that didn't happen. I, I think if both counties went, then the Munster Council would have had to consider it. But okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, why, like, why it'd be one thing if it was the start of the year and Claire said, Look, oh, if this happens, maybe we'll consider changing the home and away. But like two weeks off from the match, just because, yeah. like, let's not get away from it. Like, Claire were only asking because they knew it would give them an advantage. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't for oh, the yeah. sake of the competition or anything. You know what I mean? Oh, so, no, no. absolutely. And, and I, I think the only maybe way Kerry might have even entertained it was Kerry and Clare have a home and away um, arrangement, don't they? Yeah, excluding finals, yeah. Yeah, so so like if that's the case, if Clare wanted to go and play it in Innes, then let's scrap the home and away, you know what I mean, from 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 then on. Or toss for the venue, at least toss for the venue, you know, but they were just demanding Innes, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I'm sorry, like when there was no when there was no halfway house there, I, I think Kerry were perfectly within their rights to say thanks but no thanks let's go you know yeah particularly with the last couple of years as well with Parky Rin and uh, the Toronto situation as you mentioned like I like you have to draw a line somewhere um, absolutely yeah Parky Rin was the other one I couldn't think of yeah yeah so yeah we've we've uh, we've been nice enough to people Adam we've we've done our bit it's time to look after ourselves now a small bit yeah um, so look, Kerry are obviously a big favourites going into this match. Clare haven't beaten Kerry in the championship since um, 1992. Um, their record against Kerry, although they have put it up to Kerry in some games in the last decade, um, Kerry are going to be big favourites. There's no getting away from it. I was just wondering, from your perspective as a Kerry player, coming up against the likes of Clare during your career, or be it Tipperary or Limerick, whoever it was, how did you battle complacency going into those games, knowing that Coming at, say coming off the back of an All Ireland win, knowing that you're one of the better teams in the country, and coming up against a team then that might be lower down the divisions, was that ever difficult? Um, not really, Adam. No, for 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 two reasons really. Um, number one was 
you knew that deep down you had the better footballers, you know, uh, that, that Kerry would always have the better players. So the big manager from whatever manager I played under when we would have played a so-called lesser team or, or a team that would have been, you know, down the divisions from us, whether that was under Paddy Shea, Jack O'Connor or, or, or Pat O'Shea, was that you just had to match their work rate and, and their intensity because that's what they were definitely going to bring anyway. Do you know what I mean? They knew themselves that Kerry were better footballing teams. Um, so they were going to bring this real intense and insane hunger and drive and intensity and work rate. And at least that would keep them in the game or, or, or put it up to us and they'd be in our faces and they'd be trying little, little different things off the ball and so on. But we had to match that and even better it. And and that was the, that was the bare minimum. If we did that, we knew the football then would take care of itself and that we'd have enough quality um, in the first 15 and the bench to 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 win the game you know um because the day is that you were off at any bit that you made life difficult for yourself but the second thing for us was usually when we played these teams it was in maybe obviously the Munster Championship but it could have been early doors in the Munster Championship okay so you were coming off your league you might have had a good few weeks off and you were in then to play a Clare or a Limerick or a Waterford or a Tip before you played Cork in a Munster final. More often than not, that's the way it worked out. It didn't always work like that, but more often than not, anyway, when I played. And the competition inside the Kerry team and panel at that stage of the year, Adam, is ferocious. Absolutely ferocious because the league has been parked. You might have been wearing the number 10 or 12 jersey in the league and you might have been flying it. You would have came off that campaign. You probably would have gone back to your club and... Back then, you probably would have gone and played maybe a few rounds of county league, maybe junior, intermediate, senior championship, club championship. You would have come back in to carry them to get your block of training in. And your form might have dipped. A fella that was really coming up behind you for your jersey might have been absolutely flying in his club games. The manager and the selectors might have seen that. He might have gone ahead of you. So by the time you got to play the players and the Limericks and the Waterfords, there was absolutely ferocious competition for the jersey. Massive training games. So you were chomping at the bit to keep that jersey. If you were on the bench and you got 10 or 15 minutes, if you were lucky enough, you were coming in to make a massive impression. I'm sure there was probably supporters looking in at us. I remember we went up to Waterford one year under Pat O'Shea, up to Fraher Field, and I'd say we were winning the game handily by 10 or 15 points. And he threw myself and Darren O'Sullivan on. And we went to town altogether. I think I kicked two pints when I came on. I think Darren might have got a goal or, 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 or a couple of pints. And people must have been thinking, Jesus, would they not just take it easy on Waterford? Like, but you could you 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 don't understand. We were we were trying to get the jersey off Paul Galvin and Owen Brosnan or Declan O'Sullivan. Do you know what I mean? So we had to go on and show Pat O'Shea, well, I'm ready. If you need me against Cork in the final, I'm ready. We couldn't just go on and have pity on a Waterford or a Clare or a Tip. We had to go on and prove ourselves. So for those both of those reasons, that's why complacency never really set into our, our camp because, number one, you had to go out and match them and outwork them to get your result. And number two is the competition was so ferocious in the Kerry setup that you couldn't take your eye off the ball. Whoever the opposition was, you were trying to get that jersey and that was the only way you could prove to the manager that you wanted it and you were ready. And you mentioned like the fact that you would have been gearing up for Munster finals against Cork mostly. This time, this team are gearing up for Mayo at home in Clare in the championship in the summertime. 
like fellas are going to be desperate to get the jersey for that match. Exactly. Great point, Adam. Great point. And I know people were going on about the Tipperary game and that, God, it was 25 points to five and, you know, you know, it was no good to carry. I guarantee you every Kerry player that pulled on the jersey against Tip were going out there with a Munster final in their minds. I got to play well here, regardless of the opposition. I have to show Jack that I'm ready to go. They'll be doing exactly the same thing on Sunday against Clare because they'll, you just talked about what a spectacle, what a game it's going to be if they get over Clare at home, full house in Killarney against Mayo. Every, every one of them will want to play in that game. So they are going to see the, the stepping stone to starting in Killarney in that game is putting in a good performance against Clare, a really good performance. So if every Kerry player the 15 plus whatever comes on goes out with that attitude. It can only lead to Kerry playing well and, and winning the game handsomely, which which I think they will, to be honest, you know. But that's what's driving them, Adam. That's what's you you, you need that in the camp. You can't worry about the opposition's uh, level or 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 them where they're where they're at or where the game is on. You go out and worry about yourself and put in a performance so that the next day Jack's picking the team, you're in his you're in his head and you're in his decision making. So if that's what Kerry need to do, Kerry need to be focused and they need to to treat the game with, with respect and be serious about it. What do Clare need to do to to cause, I suppose, one of the biggest upsets in, in a long time? I think Clare need to look at what Kildare did to Dublin. Uh, now, look, I think Kerry are on a different level. Slight, I think Kerry are ahead of Dublin, to be honest with you. We did see that in the league, but I think come the championship time, I think Kerry are that, just that bit much ahead. Definitely first 15, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about our benches when we compare them, but that, maybe that's for another podcast. But I think Clare have, um, Collins has to look at what Glenn Ryan did with Kildare. They were very methodical when they didn't have the ball. They obviously got in, in Dublin's faces. Clare will have to do the same. Um, they'll have to be physical with Kerry, even though Kerry are a very physical outfit now. Um, and they'll have to try and really... like. I mean, Tipperary came down and double-marked David Clifford and still lost by 20 points, you know. I mean, that Clare, you know, Clare will have to take leaf out of that book as well. I mean, okay, yes, of course, David needs minding. Of course he does, and you have to have a plan. But they can't they can't take their eye off the other balls as well. They, they're, they're going to have to try and match Kerry physically and mentally all over the, the rest of the pitch and just put as much pressure as they can on them. Um, and then if they find themselves similar to Kildare, in the game, going down the stretch, what can they do then in a pressure situation that they possibly mightn't have thought they'd be in? But I, I just think Kerry will have too many trump cards. I think they'll have too many aces. I think they're just so further down the line than than Clare. Um, they'll, they'll just have too much on the day, I think. But I think Clare will, will certainly do a lot better than Tipperary did. But if Clare need a blueprint or need a mantra for, for what you can do against one of the bigger teams then they can certainly look at, at, at what Kildare brought to Dublin and Crow Park last Sunday and try and mimic it if they can. But uh, I just think Kerry will, will will have too much even when Clare do bring that, you know. Let's take a quick look at the Clare team that played against Limerick just for, for reference. Um, you'd imagine they'd line out fairly similarly uh, against Kerry. Um, so in, in goal, Stephen Ryan, uh, full back line, Manus Doherty, Killian Brennan, Killian Ryan, half back line, Kieran Russell, Jamie Malone, Daniel Walsh. Uh, midfield Darrell Bohannon and Kyle O'Connor and in the forwards then Pierce Lillis Emmett McMahon and Dermot Coughlin uh, full forward line Owen Cleary Keenan Sexton and Boric Collins 
Keelan Sexton got one four against Limerick and Owen Cleary got four points, two frees. Uh, are there any players there that, that, that stand out? Yeah, look, the two you just mentioned, they've been stalwarts of clear football now for the last you know decade. Really, uh, Adam, Keelan Sexton is a su- superb player, really good scorer. You can see there, one four against Limerick. Theory pops up with his place balls and can score from play as well. Um, Emmett McMahon as well there, you know, he's 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 a decent player. And there's been fantastic work done in clear football underage. Obviously, you know, Collins himself has done fantastic work at senior level, but he's only getting the players coming through the systems. And you know, they they really have in a in a in a in a in a, in a hurling stronghold, I suppose, really. Um, they've been doing fantastic work at development squad and up through their minor and under 20s. So they're reaping the benefits of that, certainly. But they're going to need real, real big games out of those forwards. Um, Hodge Collins obviously doesn't get on the score sheet a whole pile, but he comes out and creates the space for the likes of Sexton. Hodge works out around maybe the top of the D, maybe even deeper into midfield sometimes and gets on the ball there. Um, their midfield are going to have to really, really try and stamp a little bit of authority on the game. If they're going to, you know, if they're if they are going to cause Kerry any problems, they need the ball in their hands and, and it's going to come from those areas. It'd be interesting to see how they approach the Kerry kickout. Actually, um, are they going to drop off and just allow Kerry to get it and and say break us down, which you know might be their tack in terms of you know let's see what Kerry can do when they're faced with a mass defence. Uh, we've seen Kerry come up against that numerous times, of course, during the course of the league. Um, but there's only so much you can take of that, and eventually Kerry will wear you down and pick pockets. Um, so that would be interesting to see how they how they um, cope or what they do for for Shane Ryan's kickouts. Um, but I, I I think their backs their backs could be could be there for the taking. Um, Adam, you know they 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 won't have got tested during the league or even against Limerick the way they're going to come up against the Kerry forwards, particularly if the Kerry forwards click. Um, so yeah, look, we'd be hoping obviously that that would be the case, but. Um, They'll they'll come. They'll they they're proud people. Clear. They'll they'll come with a plan. Um, but how how effective it will be remains to be seen. Let's take a look at the Kerry team as well against Tipperary the last day. Uh, won't run through this one now because people will be familiar with it. But are there any changes you'd like to see, or do you anticipate any changes being made? I can't see any changes to be honest with you, Adam. Unless now there's there's you know. Potentially, potentially, uh, things going on in training that we don't know about. I suppose, Reno Begliuk, do you do you um, do you do what you did the last day and bring him on around the fifty? Or what was it there? I see fifty-five minutes. Um, or do you just give him the start? Has Paul Murphy done anything to not get the start? He hasn't. Have any of those lads that played against Tipperary done anything not to get their start again the next day? They haven't really. So, I would expect as is. The only questions would be, do you, for, for game time, do you throw Breen in from the start? You know, other than that, really, uh, maybe Stephen O'Brien comes in the same bracket. Uh, does he slip in maybe ahead of a Dara Minahan? Again, only purely for, for game time. We don't know what's been going on in training. We haven't heard of any injuries. Um, so I, I would expect the same again. And and uh, depending on how the game is going, probably the same subs to come in again. Particularly as I said, the two mentioned Brian and Stephen to get more games or get more time in into the system coming up, coming up into the All Ireland series. You know. So there's three big matches coming up this weekend. The under twenties are playing Sligo on Saturday. That's at four forty five in Galway, and that's going to be 
uh, live on TG Car. The Kerry ladies are playing as well on Sunday at two o'clock against Cork and Porky Creeve. That's their second match in the, the group stage in Munster. They beat Waterford uh, by six points last weekend. Uh, and obviously Kerry against Clare in the Munster Senior Football Final at 4pm in the Gaelic Rounds on Sunday. Uh, Sean, are you optimistic for a Kerry treble in those games? Oh, um, okay. So I suppose we'd start with the, the senior men, the Munster final. I would be, yeah. I'd expect Kerry to win. I don't think they'll win by the margin that they beat Tip by, but um, I, I would expect them to win and win win well. The Kerry ladies, um, they weren't overly impressive against Waterford. I know they they, they won by two goals in the end. Was it was a 2-8-8? Uh, Louise Nimor Hurtig with another goal there for her, for her fantastic scoring record. But I think they probably didn't need to be at their best, really, Adam. You know, they, they've came off a long league campaign. I know they did a bit of a break after it. Um, and they probably didn't need to be at their best the last day to get over Waterford. Um, but they won't need any, you know, they won't need any geeing up for, for a game against their archers in Cork, who had a, a good win themselves um, over Tipperary, wasn't it? So uh, I think Kerry will, I think they will have just enough for Cork. You know, I think they'll, They'll uh, they'll have got rid of the few cobwebs against Waterford. Um, as I said, they'd have the long long league campaign, and uh, the two boys will have them ready for Cork. I think they'll, I think they'll um, they'll be ready for that and win. The under twenties, I'd be a little bit worried about Adam. Um, obviously, look, they had a fantastic win over Cork, but weren't tested at all. I was up at it. Um, Cork were extremely poor. Um, could have got in for a couple of goals in the first half without a doubt, definitely. And again, it's something that Moss and the management team will be concerned about. Sligo are good. They're a good side. It's, they won back-to-back kind of championships and to quote their captain when he lifted the trophy, they they beat the big dogs in Connacht this year to to uh, to win it at Mayo and Galway. And I know the Kerry under-20s played both Mayo and Galway in challenge games, actually. Um, as part of their preparation and beat both. So I know you can't tell with challenge games, but it's a, I suppose it's a decent barometer. So I think you have two evenly matched teams in Sligo and Kerry. And I think that that's a real, real hard one to call. Look, I'll go for Kerry, obviously, because I've gone for the, the ladies and the men's as well. But I can see that being very tight. I can even see possibly extra time in that, to be honest with you. I'd be hoping Kerry get over the line their subs were quite good the last night when they came on. Luke Crowley in particular, Johnny's son, really good when he came on. Um, William Shine had a great game at full forward. Um, their defence was a bit better in the second half, but I'd be still concerned about them. But I think they might just get over it, but that could be a tight one. So look, I'll go for a Kerry treble at him, but tight for the 20s. The ladies would tight enough, I would say, would get over the line. But I'd expect the men, the senior men, to, to win handsomely. Yeah, I'd go along with that uh, and I'd agree with your assessment of the under-20s as well. I think a lot of room for improvement even though they won that game against Cork quite easily. Yeah. Like, they were, Will Shine was very impressive. Uh, he's a club mate of mine and I, I know I know him. I played soccer with him as well. He's he's a real talented guy, very like ultra-confident. ultra, ultra confident. Um, Having said that, and he got man of the match the last day and deservedly so, he left some after him as well. Do you know, he, he wasn't kicking them all over. He had a few attempts. Like, he's that type of player who he backs himself to shoot and... Um, so room for improvement there. You'd love to see him get over the line, of course, and get get to a final. I think that's, as you said, that's that's the one kind of questionable one, uh, a real questionable one over the weekend. Obviously, the ladies will be tested by Cork, but 
Um, listen, Sean, thanks very much for joining me. Hopefully everyone enjoys the, the weekend. Hopefully three wins for Kerry and uh, we'll be looking forward to, to an exciting match against Mayo in, in a couple of weeks' time as well. So all the best, Sean, and thanks very much for speaking to me. Thanks, Adam. Talk again.